Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to another episode of Home Visit with Tyler Siski and the Associates. We have a Christmas special for you guys today, joined by always by my man DJ Elliott. And we got a special guest, DJ. We do, man. I'm excited about it. My man, Jake Crane, the host of the J-Boy Show. We go back. Jake, how are we doing today, brother? Man, I'm, I'm doing great. Appreciate you having me on. And uh, I, a little super bad vibes coming in on the, the intro music there, man. <laughs> you like that? Pretty good I, vibe. I do. I was going for like a, a Sanford and Sons, uh, you know, vibe going in. But apparently they would sue me if I stole that. So I had to go something close to close to saying, you know, all that stuff. So uh, give yeah. a little body. You know, we got some we got a lot of the same listeners, but I'm, we got some different listeners. And uh, we'll tell Jake and I's background. So Jake and I coached together at South Alabama. Uh, right when I got there, and uh, Jake was the uh, special teams coordinator when I was there, and so uh, got a lot of respect for him and his coaching knowledge uh, through special teams, and I got to coach special teams with him, so that was a lot of fun. But Jake, I have to start this thing. Do you do you remember? I I, I got to tell the the fans this. I, I, this is something I should have probably told on your show, uh, talking about stories. But Jake DJ was involved in. One of the funniest things that's ever happened to me in my coaching career, the first within an hour of me getting to South Alabama. So we get to South Alabama. I get there on a Friday, okay? And I know I'm going recruiting on Monday. And so I say, Jake, how you doing? Good to see you. Awesome. And he's like, yeah. He's like, he was doing something, and he was going to come back down there and holler at me. I go in my office. I'd ask the equipment guy if I could get some shirts to go recruiting in on Sunday. And so he brings this bag in there to me, and Jake's in there talking to me. And Jake probably doesn't remember this, but I open up the bag, and I had like 27 shirts in there, but every one of them was used. <laughs> and I had, I had, and one of them was a white, I don't know if Jake remembers this. I pick oh, up I the first shirt, and I look at it. And Jake's just meeting me for the first time. Mm. He's sitting in a chair right in front of my desk. I pick it up. There was a tobacco stain going down, the, <laughs> going down the center of the shirt, and he goes, "No, nah, dog, that one ain't gonna work." Do you remember yeah. that, Jake? <laughs> Jake, do you remember this? I remember that hundred percent, man. I remember yeah, that hundred so, percent. So he's like, "Yeah, no, nah, dog, it's not gonna work." And then, so I then started picking up others. I had pit stains on some of them. I was like, no, "What are dude, we that's, doing?" That's that's hundred percent how it was. Like hundred percent how it was. And, and Jake gave me so a little bit. DJ Jake gave me some advice. He goes, "Just go talk to Joey and that Joey Jones, our head coach. He'll t- he'll take care yeah. of it." So I went to go talk to Joey, and he actually uh, they, he sent us to the. It's me and like Richard Owens, who's the offensive line coach at UAB, and somebody else was there, and 
they sent us to the bookstore so we could go get some uh, yeah. go get some gear to go recruiting. So <laughs> that's uh, that's big man. time. That's not when you're microcosm you're big time football. They yeah right? they call that a microcosm. Yeah, yes. yeah, you know, just whatever. You know, it was good to go. But hey, Jake, I, mm-hmm. I want to talk to you. I know the uh, will and a lot of the fans know your past, but I. I was kind of curious to just kind of ask some stuff I didn't know. When did when did you or how did you decide to start uh, the podcast originally that's turned into the show it is today? Man, I mean, it's it's a crazy story for real. So December 2019, I was coaching up in Montana. We had came back uh, because of Christmas break. Uh, and that was, you know, kind of the pan. They were talking about coronavirus and some of the smaller schools where I obviously had to be kind of more aware and more proactive, I guess you would say, because they didn't have as many resources. And uh, I was supposed to fly back up there. And it got it got pushed back a couple weeks. And this is going into, you know, halfway through January of, of 2020. Uh, and so, you know, I was trying to kill some time. And, uh, you know, I had this $50 mic from Sweetwater and, and didn't have my school laptop down there with me. I left it up there, uh, but had this Acer laptop. And I was like, I mean, you may just rec- uh, record uh, a couple podcasts just to do something because you know recruiting you're always doing it whatever but I had more time than what I was used to so I did a couple episodes man I, the first one I did kind of ironically I was talking about a basketball recruit who was related to a uh, kid that I had coached in junior college so I kind of had some information I was talking about where he's going to go whatever and did a couple of those and got some pretty good response but you got to understand and you know this coach I mean I'm not the most technologically, you know, advanced guy in the world. Like, it takes a lot. Like, I mean, uh, me being able to figure out how to work the Roku TV and YouTube TV and Netflix all in one, that's a huge accomplishment for me. And me being able to, you know, get the mic, put it into a laptop of some sort, and somehow Steve Jobs my way to be able to get it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify was like my Thomas Edison light bulb moment, technologically. There you go. So that's where I'm coming from. So... To me, good views-wise was like Joe Rogan. It's like coaching in football. You compare yourself to the best. Like uh, I'm gonna, yeah. if I'm coaching, I want to compare myself to Saban and Belichick and all these guys, whatever. So I'm like 800,000 views. So I'm getting, I'm looking at these views, and you know it's in the thousands. I'm like, I guess that's good. I'm getting a lot of love on social media, and then we get pushed back another two weeks, like three days yeah. after that. So people are like, I want you to do more and more. So long story short, it ends up like. I'm getting up to like 50,000 views. And like, so to me, I think that's good, but I don't know how good it is. And the response on social media is getting more and more. And you can call it divine intervention, luck, whatever. I literally drove, I was flying back. So this is like in March of 2020. I was supposed to fly back up to Montana. I was in Tupelo. So I drive to the Memphis airport. I'm sitting in the parking deck with my brother. And I just looked at him and was like, man, I want to try and do this. Like, I just want to see, like, I'm young enough now where if I do it for a year or two and it doesn't work, I'm still young enough. I don't have a family yet, whatever, whatever. I might as well try it. And so I did. And man, for lack of a better term, it just took off. And it kind of started shaping itself. Like, I had no shape of it. It was just me sitting down and talking in 30, 40 minute increments about different things. I didn't have like a schedule of this day, this day, this day. But when I decided to do it full time, that's when I was like, I got to structure this thing. And it's just been crazy and and uh we had over two million downloads last month and and on pace to do even better than that this month so i don't know i just show up to work and talk about football it's wild <laughs> there you go <laughs> what about and, and just curious because you know i didn't know until uh 
man, I mean, you were well into it. It was last, it was during, you were probably five months into it before. I think Joey may have told me, Joey Jones may have told me you were doing a podcast or something until I started listening. So I was late to the party. But when did Blaine and Cone start, you know, on the podcast with you? Man, well, you know, when when we moved up to uh, Atlanta, when, when you know, I kind of met the investors and the people that started with the, the, the LLC with me, it was just me doing interviews. So it wasn't Blaine or Cone. Cone was helping with the production. Cone was literally setting up the cameras. We had a really cool set in uh, Buckhead in Atlanta. And he was kind of the production guy. But, I mean, we'd always have such good conversations. And we would never really prep. But me and him would just have great football conversations. He's from Statesboro, played for Buzz Busby, quarterback at Michigan. Great guy, knows the difference. Um, and when we signed with the volume, it's what's crazy. Man. I just go off instinct. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going off, like, my gut, what I think. So when Cowherd reached out to us in the volume, um, we just did it. I was like, well, we, we just – Made up our minds. I was like, Blaine and Cone, you're going to get on here. I've kn- I knew it was going to be hilarious to my brother on there because that's how we talk when we're off the air. But with Cone, I mean, it's been great. So we didn't start doing that till like four months ago. But a lot of people don't realize that. Um, and we didn't really tell anybody. Even the people that had kind of worked with us throughout the start didn't realize it till that first show aired live. And they were like, you know, we love it. Like, we just didn't know y'all were going to do it. It was wild. Yeah. I love I love Blaine and Cone when they come in on the wagers. You know, Blaine, you know, I've told you off the air, you know, privately, but Blaine's wagers, like when he'll go and he'll take oh, a man. team like minus of one half point in the second quarter between and they seven hit. and four. And they hit. <laughs> That's like, the I don't thing. Even know like, yeah, like he you know, go I got there. ball state minus two and a half for the third quarter. I'm like, what like what then I'll be watching, I'll be like, Oh I'm like, I'll be damn, man. Like you really did it again. I think he goes to that casino from like Vegas vacation, you know. And I think oh, yeah. he's he, Papa he Giorgio the, for sure. Yeah, that's where he. That's yes. where he gets. Hey, get, his, uh, guess the number. I have the yeah, number guess the number. My that's head. that's guess the casino that does those bets. Wrong, so, man. You got it wrong. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump in. Uh, I wanted to introduce everybody that doesn't listen to Jake and Jake's show to Jake, and uh, as as a, a very special holiday edition associate we got going here today. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about signing day was uh, we're doing a special. We're going to tape a little bit early, but signing day was this past week and a lot of talk about the transfer portal and, and roster management. And so the first thing I want to say is, and I, I told Raquel this about 15 minutes ago, this blew my mind. I saw today. This is how much signing day has changed. Okay. Out of the 130 FBS teams out there. Okay. Out of the, I, I looked it up out of just curiosity. Out of the 130 FBS teams, how many teams do y'all think actually signed more than 20 players yesterday? How many, how many would you guess, DJ? There's 130. Now, used to, for the, for the fans that don't know, signing you more than average, 20. Everybody would average at least 20. Everybody yeah, everybody would average, would average 20. 20. Most would go yeah. 22, 25. You know, how many y'all think did yesterday? Um, I think um, 30. What do you think, Jake? 17. 20. 20 schools. That's 15% okay. of the FBS, okay? Now, knowing obviously running recruiting and understanding how numbers work, I'm working off a number of 32. Yeah. And if I've only yeah. signed, that, you know what that means is about to happen, okay? We think the portal's crazy now. It's just going to get crazier. They're saving all these spots for portal guys, okay? And really, really was impressed with how, like, you look at like USC. USC, they signed six players. Okay, I so that, that. means 
<laughs> it's fixing to be poor I enough, right? I know. I saw that. So that's something to be interesting. In. But here's something I wanted to read, okay? And this was I thought this was very interesting. Something we've been saying for months, okay? Jake, I've even heard you say it on your show. But maybe it's now taking traction because Dave Doran says it, okay? Dave Doran, head coach, says it. So this is, quote, that he got asked in his press conference yesterday on the NCAA going back to 85 scholarships following COVID, okay? And these are the issues for the fans so they understand what the issues are with roster management. He says, I think the NCAA has completely failed us as coaches with our roster management. I'm sure they thought it was a great idea, idea during COVID to award everybody on the roster an extra year. And I can see why that happened. Personally, I feel like the model we had last year that allowed our super seniors to not count in our 85 was the right model. To say that it's a one-year deal, but you awarded it to five years worth of players is not a good situation to be in as a football coach. You're recruiting fewer players, which means the future of our program is not the way you want to uh, the way you want it. Okay, and then I'm, I'm going to finish the rest of it, but I want to read this next sentence. Okay, you can't develop the guys the way you normally do with a 20 or 25 guys a year, which hurts the high schools, which we've said over and over again. The number of high schools that I went into where players just don't have anywhere to go because of this rule, it's sad. Quote, end quote. And we've been saying it for I don't know how long, Jake. I know you and I have talked about it. Um, Jake, what's your take on the on the portal and the rules and the roster management the way it is right now? Well, look, you know, I, I agree 100% with what Dave Doran's saying. It's it's funny, you you award that extra year to everybody to try and be even, but you hurt the youngest kids the most, the ones in the high school. So the, the biggest, one of the other bigger problems I see is that it's already going to be tougher now that everybody gets an extra year while still keeping the limit the same, you know, at 85, because the math just doesn't add up, which means more people are going to be in the transfer portal which is going to make it even crazier, which I don't think it's even close to as crazy as it's going to get, but it's going to have to auto-correct itself again on the back end. So right. whatever comes up must go down. So you really hurt two different sets of classes almost 10 years apart. So really the youngest of the young, which would be, I don't know, five, six years old right now, it's going to auto-correct again, and you're going to either see a surplus in areas uh, that it's going to cause another backlog. I just don't know how you fix it without letting it just fix itself, I guess. Like if a meteor hits the earth, you just got to let the earth heal itself, I guess. But uh, I agree 100% with what he said. Now with the transfer portal in general, I don't have a problem with guys being able to leave and have a free year if it's outside of the conference. I, I don't like the, the inter-conference transfer rule. I, I just think to me... It's different if you're saying, all right, I need, because again, remember, we used to argue about waivers, right? This kid's mom's <laughs> sick, he gets a waiver. This kid's dad's sick, he doesn't. We say it doesn't make sense. Everybody, there was no criteria for it. So you laid out a criteria. Everybody gets a one year free transfer to anywhere ever. So it's just blanket across. And once you open Pandora's box, you can't close it again. But what right. my, but my thing is, if you're going to not only be able, Eli Ricks just transferred from LSU to Bama he won't without be having one. to sit out. To me, within the conference, you should have to sit a year. Outside of the conference, that's fine. You get that, that free rule. The tampering part of it is what I worry about. And somebody at some point, we talked about this today, <laughs> some group of kids is going to get smart. And they're going to say, you know what? LeBron did it. 
They just said, screw it. Let's just get all the great players and go somewhere together. And there's a lot of coaches out there, especially ones that would be on the, the per se hot seat that would say, you know what, guys? Come on in. And guess what? That's the reason we signed six players out of high school. Exactly. We want the globe trotters. Yeah. yeah, exactly. DJ, and, and we, you and I have talked about it. We talked about it before. And, and the problem is, is when you're going and you're – and just so the fans make sure they understand what we're talking about here, okay? There were a lot of teams that had 105 guys on scholarship this year, okay? Well, now this next year they're having to go all the way back down to 85. But they've also awarded all those other years, right? And so there's no way mm -hmm. – basically every player, if you were at 80, you know, you're going to have to, like, cut players to get to 85. If yeah, you're it's signing called anybody. inflation. That's <laughs> yeah. what it's called. Yeah, we're good at that right now in this yeah, country. Yeah, we're on it? fire you know, with that. We're on fire with inflation. Right. But, DJ, tell, what do you think is the best solution when it comes to – I mean, do we do we say, okay, do we just award every senior class on top of 85 and for five years? Is that what we got to do to make this right? I think that uh, the best solution would have extra scholarships like we had this year. You know, and that's the same reason why you, you were talking about only 20 teams signing um, uh, more than 20 kids. It's not just the transfer poor. It's also because how many of those 85 scholarships are being awarded to guys that are already on the team? You know, Oklahoma State this year, for example, they had six kids starting on their defense this year that were were COVID fifth year seniors. So six, six years. Yes. So, so there, there were six, six years of eligibility, right? Yes, exactly. And that was a big part of their success. And I talked to somebody down there and they said they're going to have eight next year. Okay. So that means where are their scholarships going? Their scholarships aren't going to high school kids and they're not going to transfer portal kids. They're going to COVID players because the 85 is still the number. I think there should have been some type of trickle down. You know, it's kind of like weaning the guy off the nicotine habit. You know what I'm saying? You're simply, yeah. you know, you're unlimited super seniors this year. Next year, we're going to give you, you know, 95 or 100. The next year, we're going to give you, you know, 90, whatever. There should have been some type of trickle down effect because what's happened is, there are basically more classes that were thrown into the scholarship count that weren't there. There's like Correct. extra classes in there now. If you think about it, Correct. it's like it's the like they added class. a class. It's like yeah. you got the you got the 2020 class and you got the 2020 and a half class, <laughs> right? That are all in that 80 that are all in that 85 scholarship count. And it, and it's it's taken away from the high school kids. I tell you, it's taken away more than high school kids. Nobody is signing junior college players. I mean, nobody is signing junior college players, right? So so I just think that uh, they should have done some type of trickle down effect. Man, I was just I was just gonna say, has there ever been a better time to be a walk on? Like, has there ever ever been a better time to be a walk on? You're like, hey, you know, wait a minute, we got what, you know, 105, and then all of a sudden it goes straight down to 85, but my big, the thing I don't understand is why would you make the, and I guess this is the whole crux of the argument. Why would you only make the scholarship extension, a, basically a one-year deal and award five times, really four times the amount of people that it would affect, like are going to over-infect it, I guess. Like to me, who came up with that math? Right. Who so was like, God, the is, I feel like they're in a meeting and so they're like, anybody got an idea? And it's like, like yeah. Rick. And he's like, I've got a great idea. 
Look, to the to the six people that are listening to this show, to the six people that are going to listen to this show, okay, I want to make sure I'm volunteering myself. I have nothing. I, I, can, I got time, okay? I'm running my own company now. I got time. I would love to be involved. Just one person inside that room that has any idea of what's going on in, in football. Like the people that are – here's the answer to your question, Jake – is the people that are making these decisions, okay, and making these rule, quote unquote rules, they can't see this far in front of their face. They're like, oh, this is a great idea. Let's do this. But they don't think what that decision, the, the effect of that decision is going to cause because they don't know. And they're, I'm sure they're nice people and I'm sure they mean well, okay? I'm not saying that. But if you don't know, you don't know. And so I get frustrated beyond belief because I sat down three years ago six months before the portal even started with them. And I explained the exact issues that are going to happen with this portal if you make people immediately eligible, which I said, if you're going to do it, great, but you have to do it this way. And and they're like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know about that. Let's, let's do it this way. That's the problem. There's nobody in the room that knows what they're talking about. That's the problem. You know what's going to happen? Um, the 85 number is going to be, is going to be pushed up. Yeah, they're going to keep bumping it. They're they're, they're going to bump now, it up. You know, the way that things are going right now in the NCA, it's it's unrestricted everything. Unrestricted. Well, for everything. how how long? How long though, DJ? Do you do it through? the I think term it's going to be permanently. Think about it. You know, year. it only went down to eighty five in like nineteen ninety. Before that, it was at well. Do you 95. well? My my question to you is: Do you think? And I, look, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't be shocked. My thing is: Do they say we're going to bump it up? through the super senior classes, that five-year window, or are they going to say, no, we're just going to go to 105 from here on out? So the super seniors was how many super seniors you had. There was It was unlimited. You yeah. could have had 150 kids on your team on scholarship. Mm-hmm. You know, if you For had, sure, yeah. Unlimited. Super senior kind of is a compartmentalized term. Yeah, really is, it was unlimited. The, the issue, like I'm saying, is it went from unlimited to 85. Mm-hmm. And I think there should have been a trickle down of maybe it went to – 100 or 90 yeah, 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 and then yeah, to 85. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying should have happened. But what's going to happen, what's going to happen is they're going to, this is my opinion, they're going to push the permanent number up. Okay, that was the my The permanent question. number is going to go up from 85 to 90 or 95. And what some listeners may not understand, at one point it was unlimited. I mean, abuse yeah. leads to restriction. The, right? the Brad Brown one, rule. Yeah, at one point there was no limit on how many football scholarships you could have. And then they started limiting it and until like 1989 or something. It was like 95 scholarships. It was, and then they, they took it down to 85. And so what I think is going to happen is just like five years ago, we added a 10th coach to the coaching staff. Right. The number of scholarships is going to go up. And the reason the number of scholarships is going to go up is so many high school prospects are going to complain about what's going on. Oh, yeah, they're on. pissed. They're pissed. They're I gonna, had to tell them today. They're, they're going to push it up permanently. And they're going to push it up a, permanently. I told a, a high school coach buddy of mine, he's like, what's going on with this kid? Because I don't understand it. He, he has like, he goes, I've been doing this shit for 30 years. This guy's an FBS guy. I watched him. Didn't disagree with him. Kid's got one FCS deal and he's got two D2 deals. And I said, well, he better jump on something. Okay, he better get something because I don't see it coming around. But I'm with you, DJ. I also think that they are going to move the goalpost. But the problem is, is it's being reactive instead of proactive. 
This shit should have been done way back when. And so now the kids that are in high school in this class and the 22 class are getting screwed because they're being reactive instead of proactive. This could have been solved when they came out with a rule that said we're going to award an extra year. That should have been, you know, they waited to the last second to do to to move the coat to give the uh, schools, you know, relief. Be proactive and do it on the front end. That could have been solved. That's not a hard thing to see. And that's where my frustration is, is be proactive, not reactive. But we'll move on on that. But a little bit about, and I want that the fans understand this. While we're talking about there's only 20 schools, that you ought to look, fans, should you should look at the schools that signed more than 20, okay? It's safe coaches that have their shit going on, okay? Because here's the deal. If you're on the hot seat, guess what you're doing? You're, you're going portal heavy, okay? Yeah. If you're a new coach – like you look at a Billy, a Mario, those guys, you're a new coach. Why are you going to go out and try to sign an instruction, sign a kid? I'm just going to take the ones I know, cherry pick the ones that are good. Then I'm going to hit the portal. I can save because, Jake, you know this. When you get a job, it's very difficult to put together a really good recruiting class that first year. Yep. And I think I listened to your show the other day. I, I think you were talking about Billy. You know, everybody needed to relax on Billy a little bit. Billy's going to go hit this portal. Yeah. And save his whole first class by getting dudes. Well, yeah. Well, my biggest thing was now it, it's never been easier to flip a program, especially a brand name program, whether it's USC with Lincoln, whether it's Billy with Florida, because of the portal. Because you're creating momentum and new energy. We're a, what are you doing me tomorrow? Not even a what have you done for me lately society anyways. But again, you can supplement your roster. Experience is, is the greatest attribute you can have at the end of the day. Because you can't simulate the game 100% in practice. You get as close as possible to be able to doing that, but you can't. These guys understand, especially the offensive linemen. I mean, you talk about the bell of the ball. Right now, the kid from Virginia in the portal may be the most <laughs> important player in the portal, and everybody's talking about the quarterbacks. So if you're a person like a Brian Harson at Auburn, well, Gus Malzahn left you nothing up front on the offensive line. Ooh. You came in late in the process with an early signing period. You got a couple offensive linemen, but you got to go to the portal because you got to fix it now. Because if I'm sitting here saying that I know it's easy easy for you to flip a, a program now compared to when guys had to come in and sit or you had to hope for a grad transfer, which made the market smaller, this, that, or the other, uh, then you know the fans are going to figure it out eventually, especially in the SEC. They're the smartest fans in the world. So uh, when I look at it and, and being able to flip it, again, you are forced to do that now. You don't, If you're Billy Navy, you don't have a choice. I mean, if you're Brian Harson, you don't have a choice. These guys are expected to come in with the way the salaries are now and win now and be able to get guys out of the portal. And I've always said to me, if I, it's like basketball. Look how many more transfers are playing in college basketball right now than true freshmen are outside of some of the one and done schools. It's nuts. That's what it's turning into. Yep. So I just, the, and I, I'm going, I, I keep posing this question until somebody's going to answer it for me. I still haven't got a good answer. I've asked, I asked uh, another buddy of ours that got uh, DJ, I was on the phone with another one of our buddies that got a head job the other day. He couldn't answer it either. What happens when the portal players run out because there's no more high school players coming into college? And everybody's like, hmm, that's a good point. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, if you're not signing any players, because once they transfer, they're stuck, right? Right. And that's another thing is like, so the next, the next thing that's going to happen is there's going to be so many poor players taken. Okay. The next, you watch the next, the next big stink is going to be when somebody, all right, I'm going to get some, I'm, I'm going to try to cut the player that I signed from the portal that can't go anywhere. There's going to be some people pissed off about that too. That That's coming down the road next year. So just so everybody knows. Um, but anyway, 
All right, so let's move on. I want to I talk about this. This has been a hot topic, and I want to explain the rules to the fans so they understand this because I think there's a lot of misinformation out there right now about the NIL and basically legally buying players. I can't, I can't think who it was. I need to look at my own Twitter. One of the rivals recruiting guys, the, one of the big ones, I can't remember who it was, said, I can't believe what's happening today. Colleges are buying players to go play at their place. I looked at him. I, I gave him one of the – like, cause this has been going on for a minute. Quote? This ain't the first like, bro, year. Where, where, where have you been? Yeah, this isn't the first time that's happened. It's, it's happened. Did you, uh, Did you see Jimbo's quote? It's great. Yeah, he said the same Jimbo's thing. I think quote. at the SEC media days. He goes, it goes. It's been going on forever. Now it's just legal. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. Look, and here's the truth. And for fans that don't understand this, look, I'll just tell you. More when you see like. You don't get to the top of the recruiting rankings and get all these players. Like I know there's been, I know who's for like in recruiting. I know who's for sale and who's for and who's not. So when the guy that I I don't get the guy that I know's for sale that goes somewhere else, okay, he didn't go there out of the kindness of his heart. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second thing, fans need to know when you see a guy go, I can't believe they got that guy. Mm-hmm. When you have to, when you have to say that. When you have to go, I can't believe they got that guy. Guess what happened? Yeah, the Benjamins came a-flying. Somebody got paid, okay? And here's the thing. I, I want to make sure people know this, too. A lot of times, coaches don't know about it. I mean, you got rogue boosters out there and everything else running. So here's the problem, right? So NIL now, and I tell people, I, I still stand by this. If you get busted for cheating right now, for paying players, you should be fired. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Because that means you're not organized. Okay. It's a lack of organization. Okay. And it's just stupidity because it's legal. Okay. So here's the deal the NIL, the way it states, and I want to make sure all the fans know this because there's a lot of misinformation about this. And you saw yesterday a lot of coaches pissed off about it. Okay. Schools, if I'm recruiting, so Jake's a recruit. Okay. He's from Auburn High School. Okay. You go to Auburn, Opelika. Man, Opelika, man. Oh, I, I just did you dirty like that. Right? No, it's all all right good. So he went to Opelika. He's a, he's a bulldog. Okay. It's all good. All right, so I'm recruiting Jake. I can't say, hey, Jake. Legally, I cannot say, hey, Jake, you come here to Ole Miss. I'm going to say I was at Ole Miss. You come here to Ole Miss, and look, we're going to get you $100,000 a year in NIL money. That's illegal, okay? What you can say is, is Jake, what position you want to play, Jake? You want to play safety? Yeah, I want to play safety, Coach. All right, so what you can say is like, hey, look, here is my safety, okay, and this is what he made. This is what we got our guys – this is what our guys made last year. You can present Mm -hmm. that to them, but you cannot say that we're going to get you that amount of money, okay? So here's the point that I find funny is a lot of coaches are bitching about other schools saying, you know, basically doing the other way, which I know has happened, by the way, okay? I know it has happened. I know it's going on. But I want to just smack everybody upside the head and go, hey, assholes, y'all don't y'all know that for the last 20 years, recruits have been getting paid under the table for 20 years. Mm-hmm. For 20 years. You don't think somebody's gonna say they're gonna go that just that far to say, hey, I know somebody can get you a legal NIL yeah. deal. Hell yeah, they're all doing it. Every one of them's doing it. So and so you better be careful about throwing stones saying, hey, you know, they're cheating in NIL because somebody on your staff has probably said <laughs> That's probably broke oh, for that sure. <laughs> no, what are we it's, doing? I always, I always laugh when people are like, "Yeah, but you guys buy recruits." I'm like, wait, who do you root for? Wait, 
Uh, yeah, y'all definitely do it too. Listen, it's like I mean, they, look. they always say, if you look, everybody thinks they're clean. Everybody thinks they do it the right way. But again, and there's no guardrails in this thing. So if you're going to like step over the line, now's the time to do it. Like, I, I don't think there's going to be any penalties for anything. Even if, I mean, Texas is literally, you know, at this point, you know, they can go in there and, and say, say it however they want. But they got Kelvin Banks for a reason, and they're they're flouting yeah. it. But right now, with no guardrails, I'm going to go in guns a blazing. And I, I would always say with players, I'd rather have to say whoa than go. You know, some of these administrations, as as a coach, you'd rather have to say whoa than go. You know, so yeah, I mean, we, I find it you fascinating. Know about, you know about this? I think you talked about it on your show at one point in time, or talked about the situation. But hell, we talked about it on the podcast last week. Hell, look what happened to Auburn in basketball. They had an FBI investigation, cause and it got, he got a two game suspension. Okay, sign me up for that shit. I'll go out and if, if that's the penalty that you're getting for cheating, let's go get them all. Yeah, well, that's okay? what I, that's. I was laughing when people were like Auburn got Cam Newton for one hundred eighty thousand dollars, and I was like, and it was a damn good deal, wasn't it? Oh yeah, the price is going. The price for admission has gone up, by the way. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't know. It is, I mean, it is what it is. All right, so that's why coaches are pissed off because you do probably have some head coaches that are trying to do things the right way. Um, and do it, but they're going to be the only ones doing it. Yeah. It's like this. It's like, you know, they were driving the getaway car and they're starting to point fingers, right? I mean, it's it's things are happening, right? But let's talk about the one that got everybody that's getting all the NIL talk, talk started, Travis Hunter going to Jackson State, okay? So there is – he's the number one player in America, okay? Baller, by the way. Awesome, really good player from up in your neck of the woods, okay, in Atlanta. So – he he was committed to Florida State for a long time. I actually was at Georgia when he was – I went to visit Matt and go to a ball game when he was there on an official visit. So, I know we went on a Georgia official visit. But he goes to Jackson State, okay? And there's a lot of people that are pissed off and they're saying like, oh, they negotiated a deal. So what? So yeah. what? You slept on the wheel. You could have done the same thing. That's what I'm saying. And now, look, we can say, well, he didn't go for money. What a bullshit. Okay, I, whatever. Y'all can Y'all can – Y'all can sell me that on a different day, okay? At some point in time, he's getting an NIL deal, okay? Whether it was however they want to say it was negotiated, y'all ain't selling me on that shit, all right? But good for them. I'm not talking about good for Jackson State for stepping up, okay? Good for Dion using his connections. Everybody else is getting pissed off because they slept on the wheel, okay? You had the same opportunity. So I want everybody to tell me this. If Florida, somebody at Florida State, one company came that was, that was representing Florida State, came up and offered him a million dollars, y'all don't think he would have signed with Florida State yesterday? No, I, yeah. I, for sure. Yeah. I mean, what do we do? What are we even arguing about? What's the conversation? But I don't know. But DJ, it was, DJ, I'll uh, let you handle that one because I look. I'm, <laughs> if you think that if you think there wasn't any nil involved in this money, then there's some beachfront property in Missouri that I could get you for the low. Like the lowest of the low. <laughs> low, low. And and I talked about yesterday on the show. Mm-hmm. If you're mad at Dion and you're a Florida State fan, he, here's what I don't understand. It's, and the irony is delicious because at the end of the day, Dion inter- ended up intercepting his alma mater, which is, you know, a cruel <laughs> twist of fate. But you're, D- Dion did his job. Like, like what, what is his job as a head coach? To get the best players at Jackson State and to yeah. win. And he did it in a way. That was totally legal. Like, like I don't, I don't understand. You know, back to what you're saying. It'd be one thing if it was something unbelievably nefarious that everybody knew about. But the man just did. If 
he didn't flip to Georgia, nobody would be outraged. They'd be like, Kirby Smart, what an incredible job doing what you're supposed to do. That's right, Kirby Smart, do what you're supposed to do. But since it's Jackson <laughs> State, and it's really just the FSU fans, it's amazing. They can't get by Jackson State in recruiting or Jacksonville State on the field. I don't know what they did to the Jacksons, <laughs> but it's not good. So I'm going uh, – I may say something right here. I'm, I'm going – you know, it, it is – we're taping this at night. We usually tape in the morning, Jake, so we're in here drinking coffee. We may or may not have some some beverages yeah. uh, flowing. Mm. And, and DJ's probably over there trying to be quiet because he's been drinking bourbon all afternoon. So Ooh, let's, there it let's is. See. Yeah, let's and I coached at Florida State a long time, so <laughs> I don't want people killing me on Twitter, man. Well, how about this? Let me let me tell – can I tell a little – I'm going to tell a little story of how things are about to go, okay? I was – you know, once upon a time, I was on a little staff in Oxford, Mississippi, like in 2012 and 13. And we kind of shocked the world. and We got some players we wasn't supposed to get. And you know what happened when we got some players? The big, the Blue Bloods got pissed off, okay? And all of a sudden, we had we got accusations. and went on pro, they, Look, they don't like that. Who did y'all beat twice in a row? Who, or who did y'all beat two times, Siski? What was that team? I didn't beat – I never beat them. Hmm. I was the well, – I, I, like I, I remember – I remember – they know they beat, beat they beat Alabama uh, the year two years after I left they beat them two years in a row, but I was mm-hmm. <laughs> so we lost to them when I was at Ole Miss and I got to uh, Alabama and then they beat our ass one year, uh, so <laughs> I, I don't have a good record in that in that in that uh, rivalry on either side. But my point is this: is when you start in recruiting, now you they've pissed them off, okay? So I'm just letting everybody know, okay? You watch. There's going to be – the goalposts are going to get moved one way or another because they're going to be like, wait a minute now, we can't have this happening. We can't have our blue blood starting to lose our players, you know, to people they're not supposed to. I've done been a part of that one time, okay, mm-hmm. and it was hell. The school went on probation, man. I mean, that's when it all started because everybody was pissed off, okay. I don't know if I've even told this story on here or not, and if I have, I apologize. But when I was uh, – when when the whole thing, when we got the, the, the infamous tweet went out by Hugh, right, we had Laramie Tunsil. We hid Laramie Tunsil out, or I didn't. Chris and and Hugh got him to, to basically. He was hiding in plain sight. He just didn't go to school that day. He was in a park across the street. Left his phone at home. But we got turned in by a school that was recruiting him. That came to show up on the, that was the Friday before signing day. So they came in there to show up to go recruit him, and he wasn't there. Okay, because he had committed to us the night before. Okay, so you're less than a week from signing day. And he was with his girlfriend in the park, literally across the street from his house. Okay, and they didn't, they didn't, um, he left his phone at home and they got pissed off. They turned us in um, to the SEC and the NCAA because they said we bought him a trip to the Super, the Super Bowl weekend was in New Orleans that weekend. And so they said that we used our New Orleans connections at Ole Miss to get him a Super Bowl tickets and send him to the Super Bowl. So that's how all that started. Okay, and then Hugh got pissed off that people were turning us in over absurd stuff, and that's when the tweet went out. So I'm just telling you, when you start getting guys that you're not supposed to get, right, wrong, or indifferent, the goalposts are going – I mean, shit's going to start flying now. Okay, oh, so sure. – well, I was at Florida State that year, and I personally was recruiting Robert Kendici, and I know who was recruiting Larry McTumsel too. And he was right down the road from us. I mean, he was from Lake City. He's he was pretty 100 miles. You know, he was 100 miles down the road, and that was – that did not go over well. No, SEAL Team that 6 went anyway. That did not go over well. <laughs> we had SEAL Jimbo, Team 6. By the way. We literally had SEAL Team 6 roll up in, in all black. That's why we, we rolled in there all black. We were, yeah. we were SEAL Team 6 in that, that, that week. That was, mm-hmm. that was a good week. 
This is one of the best weeks yeah. of uh, recruiting. I know. I'm sure. Look, DJ's gonna try to say you've been drinking too much bourbon. Don't be saying that. I know. That's why I'm trying to be quiet, man. I'm being yeah. quiet as a mouse over here. Trying not just... to get anybody thrown in jail after after this episode. Yeah, I do know that you guys signed Robert's brother though, too. Yeah, that's he right. He was on the team, right? He was. Yeah. Yeah. That's how. That's 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 the only reason we got him was just family connections and a good solid yeah. mm-hmm. feeling of we want right. you to be a. Rebel. I think it was the Bible study too that did it. I think it was. that put y'all over the top. It was. It was. So, you know, Clemson was pissed, too. So everybody got pissed. It was fun. Well, you want to hear something funny about the Clemson situation is they signed, um, you know, because he was committed to Clemson. Robert Condici was committed to Clemson forever. And they signed a running back um, out of Grayson High School that was kind of like, a, uh, you know, hey, we're going to take one from your school. You try to make sure that, uh, you know, you yeah, stay with us. Calf and, the cow move. and that guy ended up being a baller. It was Wayne Gallman. Yeah, yeah. stud. Wow. He's still playing, baller, right? Man. It's funny how still playing, like man. That. Yeah, because I because we tripped them both too. When I was at Florida State, we tripped Robert Kendici and Wayne Gallman. You know, right, I got to tell it you, it's kind of like about- Wayne was yeah. maybe getting recruited more because of what team he was on, and he ended up being a baller, man. Funny story about Wayne Gallman. So Robert shows up the first time that I saw him face to face. All right, and he's got his posse with him, right? And yeah. we, you know how he is. I mean. He, we're we're focused on Robert. We don't even know who the rest of them. Dude, we just treated him like a joke. We didn't even know who he was because he was. They were like, "Oh yeah, he's he's just gonna be a guy," you know. He's not really a. And then so Clemson offered him. We started to panic. Do we need to offer him? Da, 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 da. We never did uh, because we had the brother. But like that kid got the whole process. He goes through the whole process with a calf and a cow. Nobody really paid him any attention. He ends up being he's he's had a better he's had a more successful NFL career than Robert Kandichi for sure. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah. So anyway, that's good. All right, the last thing I want to talk about in recruiting before we get on to some fun stuff, all right, is I can't I can't say this is the other thing that drives me nuts about recruiting. If the fans really everybody talks about recruits getting flipped, okay, like this guy gets flipped from here. Okay. All right, let's get let's let's go news here. If the other staff did not go see him during contact period and the head coach didn't go, didn't even though he was committed, if they didn't go see him and the head coach didn't go to his house on a home visit, guess what? They were dropping him, okay? And then yeah. it's not a flip, okay? So let's get that straight. And if he was committed to, a like, the last staff that just got fired, okay, don't consider that a flip because that just means the new coach didn't want him. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So, you know, the, the the flipping stuff is getting a little little over, over – uh, dramatized, I guess. So be easy on, on calling what's a flip and what's not. All right, Jake, I'm going to leave this one to you because I know I know this is, and then me and DJ will get into this one. Is the coaching carousel over? No, I, I don't think it is. I mean, obviously, you know, Urban Meyer got let go last night. I mean, if we're talking about just college, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be nearly as active uh, as it was, but uh, I would not be surprised if, if, you know, I'm thinking maybe a Ryan Day move to the NFL possibility uh, opening up Ohio State. Even though he denied it that much. You think he's – Well, he's... I mean, yeah, but come on. I mean, look, I'd, I'd have to watch the video. I, I go off feel on that. Like, I could watch Sumlin's and be like, yeah, he, he ain't going nowhere. You could watch Jimbo and kind of have an idea. Then you watch James Franklin, who ended up staying. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Then Lincoln Riley, you know, was like, listen, I'm not going to be LSU's next head coach. He wasn't what lying not? either, you know, yeah. at, at the end no. of the day. So, no, I, I don't think it's done. Um you know, but but it's not going to be. I don't think you're going to have any more Mount Rushmore college to college moves. It would be college to the NFL. Right now, it's really more about coordinators. I mean, you look at LSU looking for an OC and a DC, A and M looking for a DC, Auburn, you know, Austin Davis looking like the guy at OC. So 
I don't think it's over, but it's waning. It's slowing down, in my opinion. DJ, is the coaching carousel over? No, there's always an NFL. There's always an NFL move, too. All right, um, I'm going to go. Can I go Captain it, Hot Take? What's Captain Hot Take? I'm going to go Captain Hot Take on you. I think we have a coach get fired after a bowl game this year. That's a possibility, too, because there's a lot of six and six teams in the bowl games. Yeah, it's happened, and it's happened like yeah. every year. But now, nobody... are you thinking Power Five? Or are you saying Power, power five, five, Group of Five, Power, power five? five? Yeah, I think you're going to have a six hmm. and six team or a seven and five team that's traditionally that's going to get embarrassed in a bowl game. And I mean, that's what happened to Joe Moorhead. What he about Neil? How's Neil? How's Neil at West Virginia? I like Neil. Like, I think he's good. I think uh, Neil. Yeah, I hope he's in good shape. He's a yeah, good guy. Yeah, he's in good shape. I like. I saw I think, him out of the, the NFF thing in Vegas. I think he is. Uh, He'll get it. He's a good football coach, man. I don't get. I'm just it. trying to I think who it would. I'm trying to think who it would be. Oh, I, I got. I think. I think I got. I'm not going to say it because I got some buddies that are on staff. But I, I think I know a couple. But I think they feel like they're in trouble if they don't win. I'm just thinking in my mind. I know you won't tell me either. either I'll tell you off there. I don't want to see. I'm, this is where I'm different. See, I, I'm, I'm trying. You'll go. Well, ahead no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask you. I'm you just trying to think. Show, for but I'm saying, me, like on my show, I can't do it. Anyway, I think it, I, it's what happened to Joe Moorhead. You know, that's when at Mississippi State, I think you're going to see some guys. I think they got to be careful. I think there's some bowl games that could go bad, um, and then obviously the NFL stuff. So I don't think it's over either. So, all right, we're going to move on before we get to our uh, talk about the bowl games. This Urban Meyer deal. Okay, um, go ahead, Jake. <laughs> I know you. I, I caught the first part of your show today um, before I got busy in some paperwork, but. Go go ahead and cut, cut loose on Urban Meyer, and then we'll 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 polish it up and be nice to the coaching coaches of America. Yeah, well, the first thing I say is, man, damn, dog, like like really, like that's you know the first thing that comes to mind. You're like, wow, translate that. The on the field stuff really wasn't hurting you that bad. If you look, I mean, Jimmy went one in fifteen his first year at the Cowboys, and Jerry Jerry kept a belief in him, and I mean, Urban's. You know, uh, I, I, I legitimately think if there was no or even a little bit less off-the-field stuff, they would have given Urban two to three years. And I would love to have actually seen how it would have looked in year three or year four. But I just Agree didn't see completely. it. But, but at the end of the day, man, I think I, I've, I've got a theory on this. And I know, Siski, I, I think you'll agree with this. DJ, you, you may, you may not. When you're not able to control every variable, and I'm just talking about everything, right? Saban was 500 after two seasons, but he's not able to control everything like he is at Bama. You can't go about it the exact same way. Spurrier, to me, guy that wanted to control everything, just didn't work out. In the NFL, you're an authority, you are an authority figure, but you're not the authority figure. Urban Meyer, if he'd have been got caught at a bar or some in Gainesville, Florida, when they were balling at Florida, that video would have never made it out. If that video would have been a Knicks, that video would have never made it out. But in the NFL, not only can you not talk to everybody how you want, not only can you not control everything until you're a Bill Parcells or a Bill Belichick where you've earned the right to, because Urban Myers won a lot in college. They don't give a shit about that in the NFL. They could care less about that. It's a very different game on the field. It's also a very different game on the field. Some of those players are making more than you. So when you walk up in there like you're the big dog, 
And it's not like you were 10 and 2. If you're 10 and 2, it's a different story. They'll hide as much as they gotta hide because the money's coming in. But you can't go in there and act like you're dealing with an 18 to 22 year old. An 18 to 22 year old, most of the time, is not gonna fight Urban Meyer if if he if he rips them, calls them whatever. They're gonna be like, wow, that's Urban Meyer. He's got all these guys paid. He really does care about me. You go say that to a six-time Pro Bowler. They're going to whoop your ass. Like you get the <laughs> Shannon Sharp said it best. If you'd have got the wrong, the wrong, the right guy on the wrong day, you'd have got beat up. Like you, you just can't go about it that way. And you just, you can't be a dumbass off the field, man. Like, but the one that gets me, this is the one that really gets me. I think the worst mood move he made was the Tebow move. I thought that was the worst move that he made because in that league, in that locker room, there are guys, and you know this, that are fighting for spots that can athletically do it that just don't make it because there's not enough spots. And you're going to let Tim Tebow, the same guy who could hit a curveball about as good as the guy off Major League, they let him play in the Major Leagues, and then you bring him on an NFL roster, and you're going to put him at tight end after, what, eight years? This ain't Big Brother, man. Like, this is the NFL. You got fired at one. In the morning. You know how bad it is to have to get... Think about that. If you've ever been fired from anything, you were probably fired on a Friday <laughs> at 8.30 in the morning. You can go home, call your parents, cry to them, you know, whatever, whatever. You got fired at 1 in the morning. That means they caught you with weed in your dorm, dog. Are you? They caught you stealing, like embezzling. To get fired at 1 in the morning, like in the NFL to get fired at 1 in the morning... Come on, man. Like, just damn, dog. That's the worst part. Like, I'm not even mad at Urban. It's like when your parents are like, you know, I'd rather my parents be mad at me than disappointed in me. I'm just disappointed. Oh, oh you like, went I'm there. Like, I'm not just, I'm disappointed. <laughs> you went there. You went disappointed. <laughs> All right, DJ, you want to follow that up? <laughs> I don't even know how you follow that up. Although I will say I, I, I agree with Jay that it wasn't the on the field. I mean, everybody knew that Jacksonville was a struggle. You know, I think that uh, nobody expected them to come out and be gangbusters this year. It was about rallying the guys. It was about optimism. It was about showing that there was a future for the players and the fans. And that didn't happen, you know. And I don't know if it's because Urban's never coached a team like that. If you think about that, how many two-win seasons has he ever coached? I mean, Not that I know of. You, know, you know what I mean? So I don't. I don't know if he knew how to handle that. And I've known yeah, coaches and you, yeah, and I've known coaches and and um and you guys have known coaches too that are that do not take losing well at all, right? And that some that just do not take it well, right? And and just they're mad at everything about it. And that's what you saw with Urban. And that's not what you need in a rebuild. Yeah. You know what yep. I mean? You need a guy that's going to show you optimism. The guy is going to come in there and make everybody think that there's a future, not a guy that is is going around telling everybody they suck 24-7. That's what everybody outside the building is telling them. You don't need somebody inside the building telling For them sure. they suck. You, need, you, you know, you know, you know what, what it mean? reminds me of? Is this, you know what it reminds me of? The part on Old School when Will Ferrell had went out there as the mascot, got caught on fire, and they're in the locker room. And he's like in his yes. buddy tidies, he's all burnt. Everybody and he's like, we got to keep our composure. composure. And like throws the chair keep against the locker composure. room. Like, exactly. <laughs> how are you sitting around the coaching staff table asking guys <laughs> to read their resumes when you hired them? 
Hey, yeah, so when you that, hired I saw that quote, him. I saw that quote and I tried to visualize myself in a staff meeting. Uh, <clears> I, you <clears> know, something I mean, like you that come me, up I and I would be like, I don't care who it was. <laughs> but here's the thing, too. This is the point. This is the good stuff for the fans to know right here. What was he, 2-10? and 10? Was that his record? Mm-hmm. If they it's were 10-2, and two, I don't know how many loss. If they were 10-2, and two, it'd be crickets right now. No, for sure. There wouldn't have been the first video wouldn't have came out. No reports have been coming out. None of that would came out. Because let me tell let me tell the fans something that coaches know. There are some bad human beings. Okay. I'm talking about like asshole, mm-hmm. bad, 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 bad people. Like bad humans that have these fans fooled oh, about yeah. how nice of a person they are. Okay. And while they're winning, everything is snow clouds, bunny rabbits, and my little ponies. Okay. But the second they start to lose, okay, or the second something starts going downhill, all these articles and reports and things start getting thrown out there. Okay, they're getting planted in the media because the other person's trying to get the hell out of the contract. Okay, all right. This so every time this happens, okay, that's what I mean. There's some bad people out there that if it, things start going south, holy shit, y'all better buckle up because, I mean, I, I could write a book. Okay, there's some bad people that have done some bad things that are coaching ball right now that are winning games and nobody's saying shit because they're winning. But once they start to lose, woo, it's going to get ugly. Well, you know, Coach K, his philosophy is if things are going good, be hard on them. If things are going bad, back off them. And I think that's based on what we're seeing right here. If things are going bad, and the last thing you need is somebody that's being negative that's leading the team inside the building. You know what I mean? If things are going good, yeah, you may need to keep guys on edge. You know, you may need to keep guys hungry. But if things are going bad, you don't make it worse. Yeah, I've talked about it a hundred times. Nick Saban, after a loss, the best person ever. He's the happiest. Like, it's a great week, man. But when you if you but if you're playing like Tennessee Chattanooga or somebody like that, you just better just come in there with your freaking. Yeah, well, I, I almost wonder with Saban on. now, like at this point, if he just just wants to feel something again. Like whenever they lose, it's the only time he like can feel something. But it's like oh, it's like on the like on the show. I about had a heart attack. I was laughing so hard because we had a person in our group chat who's an Ohio State fan during Ohio State Michigan week, and he's like, "Man, to be honest with you." I almost kind of hope Michigan wins just so we can feel something again. Like, like I just wondered. It's like the Soviet Union. It's like it's just I just want to feel something again. Yeah, no, he he's good. He's he's the best after a loss. Now, I mean, he he really is. And uh, I mean, there's a reason he's he's doing what he's doing. So at that time, you know what time it is, DJ? It's pick time. We're gonna talk about some games and some bowls, and and we're gonna go up through. We 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 picked last week up to the 22nd. So this is. Uh, so just so the uh, fans listening know, we're going. This will be uh, the episode for basically before Christmas, and we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back on the uh, first week of January uh, because we're going to go enjoy our family because we can. All right. So <clears throat> the first one I want to talk about: Auburn and Houston. Okay, Auburn is minus three. Okay, in the what is what is it called now? I need to get. We had a good. We had a good fun. It's. Uh, uh, thing I think last this week. year it's the Who Gives a Shit dot org bowl. <laughs> It is. It is technically. Technically, it is called the Ticket Smarter. Oh, ticket Birmingham Smarter Bowl. Birmingham Bowl. Oh. Ticket um, Smarter Birmingham Bowl. All right, you know what? You know what? Fact. That this bowl's playing like. It's like if I was sitting on my couch over there and somebody just rang my doorbell and I went over and opened the door and and somebody just kicked me in the nuts and ran away. That's what. <laughs> that's what this ball right. game is. And like, right, I have to. I have to come clean here. I've coached in this game before. 
okay? It was the BBVA Compass Bowl. Okay. <laughs> oh, you get a free right. bank account. Yeah. So this was our first year at Ole Miss. We played Pitt, Aaron Donald in Pitt, uh-huh. and we were running tempo. And everybody, we were running tempo. DJ, we talked, they did not change their defensive linemen the entire game. They played the same, they were four down. They played the same four D linemen the entire game. And we went sideline to sideline, tempo, 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 tempo. And then in the second half, we just started running downhill at them. And even Aaron Donald could even survive. You know, fatigue yeah. makes cowards of us all. He Aaron was Donald done. Even survive. He was done. But, um, and also, fun known fact for the fans my kids have been to all these bowl games, right? To this day, if you go ask my children which one is their favorite bowl game they've ever been to, they're going to tell you the Birmingham Bowl. Wow. To this day. Wow. And I'm like, what? Like, well, you know, did they you find like the brick to go to Diagon Alley or something? Or <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are we? I mean, they, but did they bring you in a week ahead? Because to me, the lower the bowl game I went to, the shorter amount of days we were there. We were there, you know? I don't know, four or five days, I think. Yeah, we yeah. played. We played in the Camellia Bowl in in flourishing Montgomery, Alabama. That was an experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, that, that going right? to Paris. I mean, those are two of the highlights I think of of my life. <laughs> there you go. All right, so we got Auburn and Houston. Auburn minus three. Jake, who you got, man? What, what are you what are you rolling right here, man? Well, I'd like to take the under, but if we're gonna go straight spread, I'd go Houston yeah, we're plus doing, three. We're not doing gonna... these second quarter spread shit. We're gonna go. Yeah, we're gonna pick yeah. the game. I'll take I'll take Auburn. Depending if it's under sixty degrees, minus one in the first quarter. No, uh, <laughs> I'll take Houston plus three. I think Houston's gonna be a lot more fired up to play in this game than Auburn is. Kobe's not playing. Roger McCreary's not playing. You know, Tank, I guess, is going to play. Bo Nix transferred. Uh, I just – I don't see Auburn getting super-duper excited to play in this one. And it's in Birmingham. Yeah, and it's in Birmingham. Cool, guys. Let's get on the plane. Now get off the plane and get on the bus. <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of the – I'll go next. I don't know if you're picking this game or not. Well, I bet you are. Uh, he's a he's a closet Cougar fan. So, uh, But I have become a closet I'm a, I'm Cougar a U of fan. H grad. I got I my master's there. I guess you, you got to be a fan, right? Um, hey, call that man I a closet also, fan. He's got a master's there, coach. <laughs> yeah, master's Come on, fan. man. He's even I mean, wearing Houston colors, man. That's, that's right. It's true. Oh, this is. Yeah. You got the Riddler suit on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're a Colorado State fan with all you're yeah. wearing. You know what I mean? Hey, this is. I'm a, I'm a North Pole fan. That's the Riddler suit during Christmas, dog. hundred <laughs> percent. So. I am Doug Belk, which I've said the whole time, a big fan of Doug Belk. He's one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. He's an awesome human being, defensive coordinator at Houston. Got him a nice little raise. They bumped him up to $1 million. So he got got the bump. He was all juiced up. I'm taking Houston uh, plus three on this as well. I think I'm I'm a big believer on these bowl games, people that are motivated to play. I'm not sold on Finley at Auburn at all. Me either. Um, and Doug's good on Doug's a good defensive coordinator, and I don't think they're going to be able to do some things in the passing game that's going to take to beat Houston like Cincinnati did. I think Cincinnati and look, Houston's good up front now. Auburn's coming off; they need help up front anyway. Houston's very good up front. I love Houston plus three in this game. So go ahead, DJ. I'm right in line with you guys. You know, you pointed out my loyalties already, but um, uh, Houston's playing great defense. They're top ten defense. Uh, you know, they've the only team that's given them any trouble since the first week is last time against Cincinnati. Besides that, I mean, they've played great. Uh, no Bo Nix, no Mike Bobo. I mean, they don't yeah. even have an offensive coordinator there. You know, they're working off an interim offensive coordinator. I'm taking the Cougs, man. Who's Go calling Cougs. plays, Jake? You know, I think Harson is. Yeah. 
So I didn't know if it was going to be him or uh, Eric. But, yeah, still taking Houston. All right, we're going to go. We're going to jump because we're going to come back to the semifinal games last. Uh, we're going to jump Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Notre Dame is minus two. All right, Jake, who you got, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame? Or you want me to start it off, let you think? No, I'll, look, I'll start it off. Notre Dame, I, I, I like Notre Dame minus two. I think they're going to be fired up with Marcus Freeman. Uh, them against the world. They're going to be told their coach left to go to a prettier girl. Nothing's more embarrassing than getting embarrassed in front of your friends on the football field or getting your girl stolen. They feel like their girl was stolen, but then they found the love of their life. They probably had the best workouts they've ever had in Notre Dame. Uh, you know, I look at Oklahoma State, the Sanders kid, the only reason they lost to Baylor is because he turned it over. I mean, they, they threw four interceptions. The shaping kid from Baylor did a good job coming in. I think Notre Dame has enough. I love the Kyron kid at running back. And then Mayer, I don't know how him or Brock Bowers weren't in the Mackey Award finalists. I just, somebody please, you know, explain it to me like I'm five. Um, but uh, yeah, I like, that's my long way of saying Notre Dame minus two. Not by a lot though. I think it's going to be low scoring. Jack Cohn shows no emotion, but uh, I think Notre Dame minus two. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State plus two because the running back opted out, right? Running back and the linebacker. Did he? I think the running back and the linebacker, the top, I think they're out. I still like Notre Dame minus two. Okay. All right. I think Marcus will go play if he has to. I'm going with the 14-year seniors in Oklahoma State. I'm going uh, (laughs) on on defense. I love what they're doing on defense, man. I I just – I don't know. I like them. I think they they just – they kind of got – they beat themselves in the uh, Big 12 championship game. And I think the the being in this bowl game is going to kind of give them validity on the season. You know, I think they got something to prove. I like Oklahoma State plus two. It may take them out right too. I, I like got a that. question for you: Is is Jim Knowles coaching in the bowl game? Mm. Their defensive you coordinator, because because you know he just you took the me. Ohio State DC job. You know, so that might be an issue there. Um, <laughs> they coach themselves. I, I they've think been, so they've been going to the system game. for fifteen years. What's that? They've been in the system for fifteen years. They can coach themselves. They could, but you, hey, don't. I'm a former defensive coordinator, right? Don't estimate game game time decisions, brother. I'm telling you right now. That, I mean, there's there's some in that. Uh, I'm taking Notre Dame. You know, I've seen Oklahoma State live this year. Um, I've watched a bunch of their games. Um, I'm I'm a fan of Oklahoma State, but they're struggling on offense. You know, Jay pointed it out. I mean, Sanders. I mean, they almost lost the OU game because of his turnovers, and they were dominating that game. They were. You know what I'm saying. And and then they there were fourteen points scored off of two of his interceptions against Baylor, and Baylor only scored twenty one points in that game. You know, I, I just I don't think they have it on offense to beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame's fired up too. I mean, you watch their videos about Marcus Freeman being their coach. I mean, there's no deflation there. If anything, like like you pointed out, there's inspiration. I mean, those guys want to play. Oklahoma State, you know, the difference in Oklahoma State and Notre Dame with what they got for this game is Notre Dame was counting on someone else to lose to get into the playoffs. Oklahoma State had their own uh, chance. They had destiny in their on their sideline to go to the playoffs, and it didn't happen. To me, there's going to be yeah. a letdown. I, how excited is Oklahoma State? How, how excited been... are you really to me? I, I do not disagree with what you're saying at all. Um, because I've been on the bad side of that. When we lost a kick six game and couldn't go to the national championship game, we went to the Sugar Bowl and got our teeth kicked in by Oklahoma, and we were a 21-point better team than they were. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I just – I can't pick Notre Dame. Y'all know my – I didn't ever put them in my top six all year. Yeah. I, I just – it's a yeah. thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not picking Notre Dame. 
All right, <clears throat> um, Utah and Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. I love this one now. All right, Ohio State minus six and a half. Who you got, Jake? Give me Ryan Day minus six and a half. Okay. CJ went up there. Aiden was talking. You know, Desmond was talking. A lot of disrespect. Jim Harbaugh said Ryan Day was born on third and thought he hit a triple. You know, I, I believe the wide receivers are playing in the game, right? Uh, Alave and, and the rest well, of Well, that's – I'm taking oh, – go ahead. I don't know, but I'm going I'm going wager at this earliest stage in the game that I don't know. Some agent's going to get in their ear between now and January. So, all right, let me say this. If the, the receivers are playing, I like Ohio State minus six and a half. If not, because of when we're recording this, I like Utah plus seven by the half. Don't play games. A push is a win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DJ, or I guess I'll go. I'm taking Utah mm-hmm. plus six and a half. I'm just going to gamble right now and just say somebody. They Look at that. See, I, that's what happens when you put your phone it's on. It's Ryan Day. He wants to yeah, let you know Ryan they're Day, playing. Pissed off. <laughs> yes, um, he, just, he just heard it. Yeah. I literally have Do Not Disturb on my phone. That's the, the best thing. Great job, Apple. Yes. Um, so yes. I got I got yeah, Utah Apple. plus six and a half. I'm, I'm going to say somebody does not play. Somebody on Ohio State, I think they're going to get to them and be like, hey, man, you're going to have an opt-out uh, bonanza there. So I'm going Ohio I'm going Utah plus six and a half. I'm taking Utah. Okay. And if you remember from the last show, what did I tell you about Utah? I said, this team is for real. They, they started off the slow. Teeth of Oregon and they did. I, and I said, they were going to kick the teeth to Oregon twice, and they did. And I'm telling you, they can play defense. I mean, they, they're rolling. I mean, they're under the radar. Uh, you know, they're out there in the Pac-12 after dark. A lot of people haven't seen them play that much. I have. And uh, I think they're going to be a team to reckon with, not only in this game, but into next season. How much, in all kidding aside, in this game, the curiosity I got is how much do y'all think knowing when they turn on the tape, I'm talking about Ohio State, when they turn on the tape and they see how Utah dismantled, they didn't beat them, they dismantled Oregon twice. Twice. That came into Columbus and dismantled you. Like, how much do yes. you think that, I mean, you're talking about the minds of 18 and 22-year-old kids. You know, I'm with you on that one. So, uh, all right. Got three more going here. Pittsburgh, Michigan State. Okay, I want to talk about that one. Pittsburgh, Michigan State. Uh, probably one of the better games of the matchups we've talked about that nobody's going to talk about. Walker out. Yeah. Opting out for Michigan State. Um, I know you like to bet sharps. Uh, what do you, right now it's at Michigan State minus one and a half. What do you think about that, Jake? Well, number one, is has Kenny Pickett said if he's playing or not yet? Again, no, he had not yet. But if, if Kenny Pickett plays, I will put the rent on Pitt straight up money line for this yes. reason. Michigan State has one of the worst secondaries that I've seen, Correct. and it hasn't gotten better. They got torched like there was a village going to find a murderer back in medieval times uh, by Ohio State. I mean, uh, C.J. Stroud got on the Heisman floor the day after they played Michigan State because I think he threw six mm-hmm. touchdowns in the first half. And if Kenny Pickett plays, Professor Fake Slide, uh, <laughs> Professor Time Timeout Time In, uh, if he plays, they're going to put on a fireworks display because he doesn't care. They're going to be launching it like they normally do, which is hilarious to watch a Pat Narduzzi coach team do that. Uh, but th- they'll, they'll put up 45, 52 points. And without the witch that Kenneth Walker is, I don't see how Michigan State, uh, w- w- they'll be able to score because Pitt's defense you know, bust more coverage than a bad Affleck agent, but they won't be able to score enough, you know, that Pitt will be able to put on. 
I got, I got, a, I got. A, uh, I'm also taking pit um, money line. I don't even need the points. Screw it. I'll give it up. Taking pit money line. But I tell you this, I, I think he, I think Pickett has to play. Do you know why I think he has to play? I think because you're taking his pit age, straight up. Yeah, but here's why. Yeah, that's why he's got to play. <laughs> but here, I think his agent is going to advise him to play because Matt Corral has already come out and said he's going to play. And those are the two guys are going to be the, are going to be deciding who's going to be the first quarterback taken in the draft um, around that 12, 13 spot. It looks like right now if the season ended today. Um, I think that his agent would be wise to advise him to play, um, so he doesn't lose any ground if he wants to be the first uh, quarterback taken in the draft. So I'm going to think he, I think he will play. All right, DJ, who you got in that game? I'm with you guys too, and I love how brave you guys are with the one point spread taking the money line. You like that? Huge, man. Yes, I mean you guys it's just still threw an that underdog, out there. DJ. Technically, yeah. it I counts, mean, DJ. I, I mean, you guys were both. I'm so confident. I'm taking the money line. That's my super dog. <laughs> but uh, uh, I agree with you guys. You know, with their I mean? best player opting out today, that was a, a, a bro- yeah, that was pretty easy. Bold yeah. strategy. Pit, pit, I think Pitt's going to win this game, hands down. I like I like your philosophy on picket plan, man. That's got me even feeling stronger about that. I better hurry up and get the money in before the line moves. But yeah, uh, anyway, um, I'm with you guys, Pitt all the way. All right, all right. For the we got a ton of Ole Miss fans listening, um, so we got Baylor and Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. A pick'em. No one sitting out at Ole Miss. All played. Ole Miss is going to slaughter Baylor. <laughs> Let me, let me say this again so everybody can hear me. Ole Miss is going to slaughter Baylor. And guess what? It's Levy's last game as the OC. Lane doesn't care. It's Matt Corral's last game. They may try and score 300 points. Like the, the, this they, may, Baylor's good on defense now. Look, look, look. look. Ole Miss is going to murder him. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, they're going to murder him. Yeah, probably probably my easiest, the one I feel the most confident about uh, uh, from a betting standpoint. I love Ole Miss at a pick them right here. I, I'd probably take them at 10, 7 to 10, um, maybe even more. But, look, I, I think that uh, Ole Miss, you know, Ole Miss defense has been playing well. Uh, it's going to be the last show Corral's playing. I think he's got something to do. But I really like the fact that uh, I just think they're going to outscore them. You know what I mean? I, I think I think they're going to be able to stop them on defense. I think it's a bad matchup for Baylor. Um, I do think Dave Aranda is a freaking beast, and but I just think it's going to be you know too much for him. I, I like Ole Miss straight up. Who you got there, DJ? I, I'm surprised that it's a pick 'em. I'm taking Ole Miss too. I was I was hoping there'd be a spread, and and uh, and unlike Jay, I would have taken Baylor if you'd have gotten a ten point spread like you talked about. I would have taken I would have taken Baylor, but since it's a pick I'm going with Ole Miss. You know, you got to remember this too: is uh, is Baylor is a ball control offense, okay? And they're going to run the football, and they run the ball very well. And Ole Miss struggles against teams that can run the ball very well on defense. Okay, now I do agree with you that that up tempo attack with everybody healthy on offense for Ole Miss is is going to put Baylor in some in some. Um, tough positions, especially with Baylor's secondary. They're not great. But you got to think about the other side of the ball, too. I think it's going to be closer than a slaughter. My, but I'm going my, well, the reason, the reason I think it's going to end by slaughter, I mean, I, I think 24 more points because I think Ole Miss is going to get up on Baylor and force Baylor to have to dribble with their left hand and think they can do it with the shaping kid. And I think that's where you're going to see 
the pick six to go up 21. And then if Baylor's either going to try and run it out to keep it close or, you know, try and turn into something they're not. But to me, it's all about the start. I mean, it always typically is. But now it's it's a fascinating matchup. Yeah, and I, the other thing that I'm taking in my brain, too, is <clears throat> why I'm taking Ole Miss is they're going to be healthy. Okay, when Ole Miss was healthy, they were dangerous. You know, and they, they ended yeah. up, you know, I would I think them them getting back and getting healthy and receiver especially and <clears throat> Matt, you know, with his feet being able to run a little bit with his feet. And then the but the interesting thing to me now was Iowa State, you know, runs the same defense as Ole Miss. There's not that many teams that run it. And they did put up thirty one against Iowa State earlier in the year. So they're gonna have a template of what to do. Um, so that will be interesting, but I just think Ole Miss is uh, gonna be healthy and go get them. All right, it's time for the for the semifinal games. We'll wrap this bad boy up. Okay, we'll start out because uh, with Georgia and Michigan, Georgia minus seven and a half against Michigan. Jake, you and I have talked about this off the air. I don't know if you brought it up on there or not, but go ahead and what do, you, what do you think about this one? I thought you had a great point in this one. Well, look, I think the stat that you're going to look in at the end of this game, the team that wins this game will be the team that has the least pass attempts, in my opinion. I think that may be the biggest stat of the game. I think these teams identity-wise are very similar in what they want to do. They don't want to put too much on the quarterback. They want to, you know, 12 personnel, run, play action game, take your vertical shot off it, hit the tight end in the seam or on the crosser, get in the red zone. You know your matchups on the inside. Georgia does have Pickens coming back. But when I look at everything, Michigan's very strong in their front seven on defense. I do think Georgia will be able to run it good enough. I think the difference in this game, as crazy as it sounds, is going to be Stetson's legs. Uh, I think his ability to extend the play, I think his ability, whether it's on a boot, uh, whether it's on a draw, whether it's you know making that one move and going 20 for the score is going to be the difference. I like Georgia by 10 in this game. I just don't see a world in which Michigan can consistently do what they want to do, which is ground and pound, play action, like very similar to what Georgia does, and go 9, 10, 11, 12 play drives down the field and score against Georgia to score and to beat them, to me, you've got to hit them like a Cobra, not a Python. You've got to quick strike them. You saw Alabama do it with Jamison Williams. You've got to get chunks at a time. You can't nickel and dime them down the field. And then when you get into the red zone, geometry starts to get you in the back end where everybody says they're supposedly a little bit weak. Jamison Williams, to me, is a freak um, and, and expose him a little bit, but he'll do that to a lot of people. So I think Georgia by 10. I don't think Michigan scores over 14 points. Yeah, I'm taking Georgia in the point, seven and a half. Um, I think this line will probably move a little bit towards Georgia a little bit. It's already moved. Has it? What is it at yeah, now? It's eight now. Eight? It's eight. Oh, shit. Um, doesn't matter. I'll still take Georgia. I think <clears> – <throat> but I'm with you. I think it's a 10, 14-point game. I'm interested to see, does Michigan come out – and I will say this, and the people need to know this too, Gaddis knows this defense now. I mean, he went against it every day at Alabama. So, it's not like he doesn't know what he's about to see – um, schematic-wise, and him and Mel Tucker are friends and all that stuff. So he knows the defense very well. He's gone against it at Michigan State. You know, he's gone against it uh, at Alabama every day. So he's going to know how to attack it. The question is, which I don't think he does, is can he do it? Can their quarterback throw the ball enough to to um, get out and do something about it? I, I just don't – you know, I, I don't see if, you know, if McNamara can do that. I don't, I don't know if he can throw it. You know, Haskins is a really good uh, uh, running back. Johnson Kidd can play. I just don't uh, – I don't see them being able to throw the ball enough. I think Georgia leans on them, finds a way to score, and beat them by 14, maybe 17 points at the end of the day just because they're going to be able to shut down the run and force, which I thought they were going to do to Alabama, but it really didn't matter. But I think they're going to force Michigan in more third and long situations, and it's going to uh, favor Georgia at the end of the day. 
Um, go ahead, DJ. What you got in this one? I'm with you guys. I got Georgia. I got Georgia for different reasons. I got Georgia for motivation. I think the best thing that happened to Georgia was losing that Alabama game. I think that is going to propel them into the national championship and and probably win the national championship. If they hadn't lost that game, they would have lost one of these playoff games. But I think that um, you know that uh, that woke those guys up. I think that uh, they're more talented than Michigan. I agree with you guys that they're very similar on both sides of the ball. You know, I've watched both their defenses a bunch this year, and they're and Michigan is the same style of defense as Georgia and Alabama now too, with their defensive coordinator they picked up from the, from the Ravens. So it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a ground and pound game. But if you don't make the quarterback have to uh, win the game, then you're going to be the team that wins the game. And I think that's what's going to happen with Georgia. I think that they're going to get ahead. And uh, now we're going to have to force McNamara to make plays and, in uh, in space and, and throwing the football and it's not going to happen. Yep, I'm with you on that. All right, we're going to wrap it up with this one. It's our favorite one. You know, I had to save this one for last, Jake. Alabama and Cincinnati. Alabama is minus thirteen and a half. Okay, who <laughs> who you got before I go nuts? To quote Voldemort, "Bring me the boy." I'm so. <laughs> Glad we get this game now. You know, I didn't want Cincinnati in, but after having to listen to everybody cry and complain about how Cincinnati will never be in and then say that Cincinnati could beat Bama, and then now they get in, and now we get to see it. It's like on it's like on uh, Borat when he's like, you know, he used to dance in front of him and be like, you'll never get this, you'll never get this, but one day Below broke the cage and he get this. Like that's how, I, that's how excited I am about this game to watch Alabama just – absolutely methodically mentally emotionally and physically destroy Cincinnati and I don't yeah. say that out of hate or anger <laughs> I just say that out of I can't wait to see it I just can't wait so so just from now on whenever any of this stupid stuff gets brought up we can just look back and say do you remember the time when Alabama beat Cincinnati 63 to 17? Because you guys love a cool story. You want to know what else is a cool story? Hansel and Gretel. You know, Little Red Riding Hood, James and the Giant Peach. All great stories. Not elite stories. Not elite, but great stories. So I've got Alabama by 13 and a half, 14 and a half, 15 and a half. Just give me Bama, because I just I need this to happen for everybody. Hey, do you wake up in the middle of the night just thinking of the shit to say? Like you just wake up and you like come out of out of the dream. Coach, you know that you know say. me. No, it's a disorder. <laughs> no, hey, here's the thing: is I want people to know this too. This is not a show. This is who you are, 24 hours a day. This is why for I love sure. you. Great. Like I said, it's a disorder, man. I'm working in the middle on of it. a game when when it's not cutting time. This is how you are. Yeah, this is this who you are. I love it. All right, so. I'm going to, DJ, I'm going to go ahead and go off. I can't help it. You know, I've been waiting on this one too. Oh, God. I don't even, I'm not even going to have anything to say. You guys yeah, are going to have covered Hansel and Gretel and everything. All right, let's do, I mean? let's do the serious. Let's do the serious side first, okay? okay? Here, from the coaching standpoint, and Jake, you and I talked about this off the air a couple weeks ago, I think, or last week, I don't remember, but shit's starting to run together. But here's a problem, right? Is you can't simulate at practice. Cincinnati has no people to simulate no. what's about to happen. The speed of the game, the physical ability, you can't line up and go, 
hey, you're going to be blocking Mr. Left Tackle. You're going to be blocking Will Anderson. Go get it. This is how it's going to look in one-on-one. It's totally different, okay? Two is this, okay? When when Cincinnati went and played, everybody's hanging on this thing that Cincinnati played Georgia close last year, right? <sighs> Georgia had 847 <sighs> opt-outs, okay? And they didn't care about being there, okay? Alabama, this is this reminds me so much. Alabama played, I don't remember if it was Washington or Michigan State, uh, a couple, you know, four or five years ago in the playoff and everybody, kind of similar situation. Dude, you're getting Alabama focused, pissed off, and ready to play. You're getting the best, okay? Yeah. So this isn't going to be a sneak show game in the, in, the, uh, sugar, in the Sugar Bowl that they're not really wanting to be there, okay? This is for the show, so you're fixing to get their best. And if I have to hear pro football focus talk about these guys one more time, I'm uh, going to puke, okay? Like, uh, I don't know who's grading the film. I really don't. Pro football focus, uh, God dang, man, it just drives me nuts. Like, they're not even close. He, he hasn't had to cover Williams before. This guy's going to be – he's going to be gone. And Bryce Young is playing at a peak level right now. And, uh, I mean, and they're talking about all the, all the junk and all that. I think oh. this is going to be an abomination. I really do. I don't think this game's particularly close. I think they're going to get dominated on every side of the in, of the of the field. And here here's the other thing: their best player. But you know, everybody talks about Ritter. Their running back that they love so much, he transferred from Alabama because he couldn't even get on the scout yeah. team. The guy was like a ninth team running back. <laughs> your best player couldn't get on the field. That's why he's yeah. at your school. Yeah, like it, yeah. and look. It's just different, man. And, you're and getting, it's one thing if you play Bumblebee Bama, you're getting Optimus Bama. Correct. You're like, you're like getting them at the, like, at the peak. It's one thing fighting the Joker. It's another fighting Thanos. And like it just there's levels mm-hmm. to it. And people need to understand this too. Every single thing that Nick Saban does, all the all the rat poison, all the practices, and everything he does in recruiting and spring and summer training, everything is for this next ten days. Okay, everything he does, he mentally and physically prepares them for these next 10 games. This is what they're built for. Okay, it's called built by Bama for a reason. Okay, this is what they're built for. All right. And you're and you're not going to be able to walk in there and half ass and 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 do a Hey, hey, here we are, a group of five and come in there and and get away with it because it's not going to be, you know, the. When Alabama plays Colorado State in the middle of Texas A&M and, and Ole Miss, this isn't going to be one of them kind of games. They're they're coming in ready to go, um, and thirteen and a half is kind of an insult. I, I think he'll use that to them. Like you're only favored by thirteen and a half against Group of Five school. Like this is going to be nuts. So I can't wait for this one either. I will be dialed into this one. So who you got, DJ? Follow that up. Um, I don't even know if there's anything <laughs> else to say. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, I'm taking Alabama in 13 and a half. But, I mean, I think you guys have covered everything from, you know, when you were three, you used to like a tricycle. And, and now, you know, you guys are growing adults and, and you drink beer. And, I mean, I don't even know if half of it was even about the game. But, anyway, I'm taking <laughs> Alabama in 13 and a half. When me and Jake get together, we digress. We, do, we, we digress and get, and, get, and get into crazy shit. But, yeah, you know, uh, my favorite part, I got to tell you all this will be real funny. So we're going on a little trip for the family trip. That's what we're taking a little. So uh, my wife says, my wife texts me this. This is how you know my wife has no idea. This is why we're the perfect match. She says, what time on January 1st are the big games? Uh, If I book dinner, should I exclude you? Because we're on a trip. We're going to be out of town. And I said, uh, Ole Miss plays at 745. I know the boys will want to watch it. She goes, 
okay, cool. So you're cool with a pirate dinner at 3 p.m.? <laughs> that's that's my life. That's where I'm at, DJ. I'm going to get to do a pirate dinner yeah. at nice. 3 p.m. Yeah. I'm eating dinner at 3 o'clock at a you, pirate you, dinner. Yeah, yeah. You'll always remember so, this is the day you almost caught Captain Tyler Siski. Yeah. <laughs> that's you're it. eating pregame meal. You're eating yeah. pregame meal four hours before the game. Jake, tell everybody where they can listen to you because I know you're blowing up. Well, you got a whole new, you got a whole new uh, audience here. So t- tell everybody where they can find yeah, you. Yeah, man. No, I, I appreciate you uh, having me on, and, and DJ, great to talk to you as as well. You can find us we're live uh, on the Volume YouTube channel. Uh, really easy to find on on YouTube. We go live uh, every weekday, two to three central. The the audios on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff too. And uh, yeah, check us out, man. If you like this, then you'll like that. I think. Yeah, Jake. The uh... Jake, Jake always say, he says the stuff that I can't say sometimes, like he'll, he'll go on hot takes that I can't say sometimes because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll get in trouble. But, um, yeah, I love, love the show. I, I listen to it as much as I can when I can. I, a lot of times I have it playing while I'm getting some work done, watching some man, film. Well, I, well, I appreciate so that, it, man. I, you know, I di- I'm digging your digs too, man. Yeah, man. We're, we're getting it rolling. But, uh, DJ, you got anything else to wish? I want to wish uh, DJ and Jake, make sure I wish y'all Merry Christmas. I'm in yeah, the festive man. spirit, as you can see. Wish, wish everybody a Merry yeah. Christmas. You got anything? Would you like to wish Merry Christmas to the fans, DJ? I would. I'd like to wish, wish look at me. I, I, I've been drinking it's late. It's the bourbon, tonight. dude. <laughs> it's the yeah. bourbon. Uh, I would like to wish a Merry Christmas to all our fans. It's yeah. been a good run, man. And I'm glad we could finish off with such a great host, Jake. I'm glad you joined us, man. Oh man, well I appreciate it. I just, I just really been dying to ask Siski, what, what was it like to be a villain in Gotham City? I mean, look. So <laughs> I got the. I, I, I was telling it right looks good, you man. I'm just giving you a hard time. I was time. telling DJ. So this is how this is. This is how my mom and my wife work, right? So I got yeah. this shirt. This is like an ugly. You know, we were going to some Christmas party. First of all, if anybody knows me, like, and then coaches in general, you know, is you're not very like social outside of your circle right for sure because it's really when you're coaching you hate going to a christmas party or something with nobody you know if they know who you are they're gonna come ask you eight hundred thousand questions and all that stuff so i'm not a very uh i'm not very social outside of my circle now inside my circle i can get with it but outside of my circle when i know there's not gonna be Mm -hmm. any cell phone cameras or uh tweets going out i can get with it a little bit uh, that's why we have a strict no cell phone policy when we go to Talladega. Smart man. Okay, so, but, but you know, so my we're going to some party, and so I go and get the shirt. Okay, it's like a it's a t shirt, it's an ugly Christmas sweater. Well, now my mom and my wife think that I love these things, and so I get one <laughs> like every year now. And I'm like, guys, I don't wear them, and so I decided I love to it, man. a little Christmassy since it was our Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't wore this. Fun fact: I have not wore this shirt since signing day. Uh, I wore it on signing day one year, and we sucked. We didn't get who we wanted, and uh, but I wore it that day. So bringing it back out, a little good vibes since it's the day, since it's right yeah, after No, Sunday, it looks good. It I'm just out. giving you a hard time. But uh, hey, make sure everybody uh, subscribes, listens, home visit with Tyler Siski. You can get us on MPW Digital or anywhere on our uh, podcast, where on YouTube, all that good stuff. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a three-star review. I bet you haven't heard that before, Jake. We say we like three-star reviews. Yep. My wife gets pissed off at me. She says nobody's going to listen. But I like three-star reviews because we like three stars, okay? Everybody trolled me for all these years for signing three stars. So guess what? You can shove it. Give me my three-star <laughs> review, and we're, and we're good to go. <laughs> So <laughs> one ring to rule them all in the dark. Yeah, you have to explain that. We got we're getting to a point now. Like I told you, we're we're starting to get uh, uh, interest on advertising and, and marketing and all that stuff. And so I have to explain to them what the three star review means, and so they get it after they listen. So yeah, for sure. It's, but like, it's, damn, it's, man, you guys are consistent as hell. 
<laughs> yes, you're consistent. <laughs> <laughs> you consistently are a three-star guy. Yeah, so it's great. So, But until next time, I want everybody to have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll be back with you on Wednesday, January 5th, our, our episode after this one. So have a Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and until next time, take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.